This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, saving your day from boredom with the best podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Whitmer here, along with fellow man-child, Johnny Carlin. Ricky Dicky Tammy, bitch! And we are here for our review. This is the bonus podcast for this week. You get two of them. This one, our movie review. We haven't had one in a while. No, not in a while. Think what the last movie was Power Rangers that we reviewed, right? Yes. It, that was all, that was the end of March. So we had all of that was April. our March madness. That was all of April. We took off. And our now reprieve. We're back. we're back here in May, and we've got Guardians of the Galaxy for you guys. We're going to give you what we thought about it, what we liked, what we didn't like, and at the end of the podcast, we will give you our I'm going to call it the Rick and Johnny Show Stealer Award. Yes. I think that's I think that's what we'll call it. The RNJ Show Stealer Award. And so far we already have four winners. We're gonna add a fifth winner today. Yes. That that's when someone in the show just goes above it. and beyond as an actor. Great A Mike Keaton, I cannot wait to give it to the Vulture for Spider Man Home. Yep, you were talking I about that before. Because well, we, it it, we had one for Logan, we had mm-hmm. one for Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Did we have one for Beauty Kong? Beauty and the Beast, and we had one for Kong. Yeah, we we're had gonna one do, every step of the way. We'll do one for every movie, basically. Mm-hmm. And Guardians of the Galaxy, before we get into it, the one thing I have to say, spoilers! This is a spoiler spoilers! review, so if you have not seen Guardians of the Galaxy, go ahead, go see it, come back, we will be waiting here for you to tell us our opinions. Not your opinions, our opinions, but Johnny, this one started out where... To me, one of the I wanted to start with one of the characters that I really liked in this. Okay, one. go for Ego it. Ego, the Living Planet. And it yes. starts with him. It starts with him in Earth form, <laughs> Earth form, and <laughs> it, the thing I liked right from the beginning is kind of like they waited on the gut punch. Yeah, but they kind of built up the gut punch I again think, for I you, think the right? Idea to is they open the set gates. it up. Mm-hmm. Because what we get is um, him and Quill's mother uh-huh. um, driving around, say, basically kind of that generic, eight, it's in the 80s. Miranda. It's, you're a fine girl. <laughs> I love that song now. That's yeah. one of my favorite songs after seeing this movie. Yeah. Um, so it starts off with the love story between the mm-hmm. two of them. Um, him showing off that he's the living planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would this actually, nice little flower let's put this way, I would more so say his human form as opposed yeah. to his earth form, because that makes me think of Ego, the living planet yeah. we get from the comic books. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this beautiful flower he's created. Um, we get their, like, mm-hmm. brief love story between the two of them right behind a Dairy Queen. Yeah, right behind a Dairy Queen. And the thing I liked most, and this is something very small. Yeah. I like when they go back in the past of things. And they actually made it to where, like, the Dairy Queen looked like it would have been yeah, in no, the 80s. It looked like an 80s Dairy Queen, which was great. And I, I kind of like, want Dairy Queen now. I was like, holy crap. That that kind of, it didn't blow me away. But it's like, wow, I'm really impressed by just that alone. But it, this movie set up the same thing. Yeah. For the gut punch that we got later in it. And for me, the whole thing with this, Ego the Living Planet was one of the biggest characters for me. Yeah. In this. And it the the thing with this is setting it up to where he's a good guy at first. You fall in love with you're like, man, what a good guy. What a good guy to Mrs. Quill. Yep. Such a great romantic guy. Then you get when uh the they're running after the Guardians after Rocket steals the batteries. Batteries from the planet they he were saves helping. Them. He saves them. It's like, oh my god. 
what a great guy, man. Yeah. Then he brings him onto the planet. He's I so, think we should save the rest of that uh, gut punch we'll, for when we get to that part of the we'll, movie, we'll, though. We'll save it. We'll save yeah. it. But they set him up as such a great guy. Yes. Set him up as such a great guy. But after that, we get to see the Guardians. And we get the Guardians. And probably the only the, way one of the best two, two minutes of the movie. One just, of the best Just two watching minutes. Baby Groot dancing around. To Mr. Blue Sky. Uh-huh. <laughs> As, like, he, they're focused on him. Mm-hmm. And they're fu- they show the f- fighting as like a background part of it, like mm-hmm. it's not that important, which yeah. was fantastic. Well, and that's something to me, like as I'm watching it, yeah. To me, that was creative. It and was extremely like, creative. Gunn's view of Guardians of the Galaxy, because we've already talked about before, like the kind of colors and the um, like the theme of it. That's kind of bleeding through into different Marvel movies. Like for Thor Ragnarok. It looks like it's going to be a Guardians seeing, feeling now. Yeah, we're kind of seeing the same thing. Seeing that humor come out and... More fun, more mm-hmm. vibrant, less of the darkness we get with some of the other movies now. And I would only expect a Guardians movie to be the first movie where we see a boss battle, if it was a video game, like the big fight yeah. to start the to start everything... But most of the fight at the beginning isn't from the perspective of what's going on in the fight. It's from the perspective of who's not in the fight. It came It came secondary to... It was the, just background noise. Yeah, to the one character mm-hmm. who can't do that fight right now. Baby Groot. What? Why are you setting up the speakers? I think that's an important... Ah, Quill likes his music. No, I don't. I can see you winking. <laughs> I can see you winking. Ah, I, w- I was winking with the wrong eye again. <laughs> Yeah, I get that. Yeah. And then you learn it's for Groot puts it in. Yeah, so he can. dancing around. So he can have music. Groot, stand on the side. Hi. Hi. (laughs) It's great how they're all like semi-parental with Mm -hmm. him because he's. Well, that's the thing with Groot overall that I liked is it was like it's a difference from the comics because Mark and I read a comic for a graphic (laughs) conversation. Yeah. um, That was Guardians of the Galaxy. For when the first one came out, it's like in the prequel era yeah. of um, a graphic conversation. But in that one, it had Baby Groot. It even had Mantis in it, who we hadn't seen yet. And we're like, holy crap. I mean, Baby Groot, what is this at first? Because it was one of the first Guardians graphic novels that both of us had read. And in the comics, Groot keeps his consciousness. So the same as he is as Big Groot. He's the same as small group. Yeah. It's, it doesn't change. But the thing that I like that they did in this was it was kind of like a he's baby Groot. So he has the like mental concept of a baby or a toddler. Yeah. And like, then as he grows up, that kind of changes with him. So yeah. that when he'll get to big normal size Groot, he'll be like he was in Guardians 1. Yeah, which I agree with that. I mean, I feel like he still has some of that old mentality mm-hmm. of the original Groot, but now because if he's in like a toddler form, mm-hmm. it all is, it's, it's expressed as a toddler. Yeah, like the scene I think of is like when Drax has him and he just goes, yawns falls and falls asleep, asleep on yeah. his arm. And I'm like, that's a baby. Yeah. It's, it's totally. baby Groot. Or like, just like we were talking about with the fight mm-hmm. scene, he he's dancing around, but then Gamora tells him to get out of the way. Yeah. And instead of listening to he him, he just waves. And the motherly hello, I'm goes, busy Hi. right now. Hi. <laughs> but like that whole that whole scene was 
the perfect way to start off Guardians. I completely agree. After seeing Ego, the Living Planet, and kind of the setup for the secondary gut punch. Because the thing throughout this movie that I think I actually think that this movie did better than the first one. Mm-hmm. It made me laugh more. I was laughing oh, yeah. more at this movie than I was for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. I completely agree. We were laughing up into the credits. Mm-hmm. And one of the characters that made me laugh a lot was someone who didn't in the first. He had he had a few good lines in the first one, like uh, oh it's it's a metaphor. It just went right over your head. Nothing goes over my head. My I have reflexes, the reflexes are too, of a cat. My reflexes are too quick. <laughs> and like you can kind of see how. Drax has evolved from volume one to volume two. We get more character out of him. He's getting more of a funny side to him. Yeah. And I like how, like, the perfect scene of that is when he's with Mantis and uh, he says a joke and he goes, Oh, it's a blah, blah, blah. And she goes, What is that? He goes, I don't know. I just made it up right now. A a practical joke. Because she asks, Can I pet (laughs) pet your dog? Can I pet your dog? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. She goes to pet Rocket and he he goes to snaps at her. Because we all know Rocket doesn't, if you've seen the other movie too, he does not like to be pet. pet. He does not. Except that the very end scene is comfort when Drax was comforting him. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was like that. Like it was stuff like that. That I saw Drax and I'm like, oh, he he was obviously one of my favorites. Yeah, he did in this like, movie as a character and as an actor, he did step it up this <laughs> this time compared to the last one. Mm-hmm. And like he's been, he was way more funny. We actually got more of the in depth of his emotion too when it comes to sadness. Mm-hmm. Like when him and Mantis are sitting on the steps yeah. talking, and he starts talking about his daughter. Well, Andy even talks about his wife. Too. Yeah, he talks about it to um, Quill. Quill. When he's kind of going with Gamora, when he's using the reference of there are some, some people, people that dance, dance and, and some, some that, people don't. that don't. And he's talking about his wife even and how like she the whole the music could be going on and she would not even move a cheekbone. Would not and even I tap stood, a toe. And I even stood there and said, that is the woman for me. <laughs> and like even that you get a little bit of his backstory. Yeah. But also he has those comical moments, especially like with Mantis when she reveals what Peter's feeling. He goes, ah, you must be so embarrassed. Do me, do me. <laughs> I just, he to me was out of the guard, out of the guardians. He was my favorite. Yeah. This he time was my around, favorite one. This time around, he was probably mm-hmm. one of the best guardian mm-hmm. when it came to acting and being the character. And another thing I liked from this one, this is going to be, honestly, I'll tell you guys this now. This is going to be a lot of what I liked with this. Because there wasn't too much that I didn't like yeah. with Guardians Volume 2. And I'm going to throw out another thing I like. I liked how they kind of pulled a fast one on the villain. Because yeah. from the trailers coming in, I thought it was going to be the, okay, Rocket steals the batteries. That's our villain. Mm-hmm. That is who the Guardians are going to be going up against. The Sovereign, then, right? The Sovereign, as well as the Ravengers, because the Sovereign off. Op- obviously pay off the Ravagers to hunt down the Guardians. That's what I thought it was going to be. I did not expect the fastball. Maybe I should have from the comics, but I did not expect the fastball of, oh, wait, shoot, Ego the Living Planet is the bad guy in all of this. And to put another spin on that then is we get 
so like a 180 of another character, mm-hmm. Yondu. Yes. Because as Ricky said, we thought the Ravenger, mm-hmm. the Ravengers were going to be part of the, the villains. We thought the Sovereign were going to be the other part half of that. Yondu's a Ravenger. Well, now we get a different side of Yondu. Well, and we get the Ravengers break off into basically two factions, the Yondu faction and the non-Yondu faction. Just his, his section yeah. alone does that. Mm-hmm. And there's a mutiny. And now Yondu is no longer a Ravager. Yeah. And I mean, the thing that we kind of learned there is we found out who Rose and Bloom and um, Stallone were playing. Yep. It was, um, I think the exact name they used was Stakar um, Osgood. Yeah. Basically Starhawk. Yeah. And they kind of throw at the end a little uh, nod to the original Guardians of the Galaxy after Yondu's... um, Yandu's spoilers. Um, Yandu's Ravager's funeral. I, I'm glad I said that because I was going to say that. I was like, oh shit, did I uh, tell people there'd be spoilers? But oh, this we whole kinda, thing is spoilers. Yeah, we kind of see the whole. Um, we talked about Stallone in a previous podcast. We know now that he is Starhawk. Yes. Kind of that odd. Um, I think the character was Martinex, is who Michael Rosenblum was the crystallized. Yeah, he's fully character. crystallized. And even like those Ravengers, like there were those group of Ravengers, there were Yandu's Ravengers, there were a ton of different Ravengers. There's different factions of Ravengers. Yeah. But even like you said, the mutiny, and you even learned the little backstory of Yandu of why um, Starhawk kind of hates Yandu is because Yandu originally was kind of in the pocket of Ego the Living Planet, where yeah. it's like, hey, you go out and find these kids that I have and bring them to me. Yeah. Well, eventually, Yandu went, no, this ain't right, and finally learned with Peter, hey, I'm going to keep you here. Of course, he would always, of, tell, he would uh, always tell Peter, oh, it's because you're small and good for getting into tight places that are good for thiefing. Yep. And the thing was, he it's because Yandu found out what was going, yes. what Ego was doing with these kids. He's killing them. He, yeah. I mean, if they didn't have the celestial gene, boom, they died. No, which use was to none him. of them so far no, until no Peter. Use to him. Yeah, no use to him at that point. Which I guess we should go now to the next part, which okay. is what happens on Ego the li- yes. Ego the well, Living Planet. Even that whole thing, it's like you get to the planet, man. Ego's such a great guy. Dad's you, whole backstory of what happened with him and mom. Well, not just that, like the. Thing that really like sunk my heart and I was like oh that's kind of is um you see Star-Lord yeah talking to Gamora this is before they decide to even go that's true to Ego the Living Planet and you get this whole backstory of like you know when I was a kid I used to tell my friends and the other kids that David Hasselhoff was, was my, my, my father dad. and like um, he was gone because he was off filming like Knight Rider and stuff like that and he's like all I wanted was to play catch with my father like the other kids were. And it was so, like, it was one of those things where you can tell it was on his mind because when Ego kind of teaches him how to make something with his hands, Mm -hmm. what does he make? First thing he makes is a ball. Is a ball, and he throws it, and then Russell backs up, and they're playing catch with this little, like, light blue lightning ball. Yeah, this little ball of energy that they, yeah. he created. And it's just right there. I'm like, oh, like, I, what this movie did amazingly yeah. was it lulled me into... False sense of security? A false sense, perfectly. A false sense of security where you had all these, like, good, happy, warm feelings yeah. to where when they pulled the complete 180, you were like, what the fuck is oh, going on Oh, I agree. That was, that was the... 
a probably twice the gut punch mm-hmm. at least that the first Guardians gave us. Well, because there were two gut, gut punches in this one. Yeah. The first one was when he goes, oh, yeah, like your mother, blah, 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 blah. But then he shows the the kind of model of like him with all these other women from different um, races when from all over Peter the galaxy. When Peter was in the semi-trance. When he was in the semi-trance. But then the second gut punch was oh. when he was talking about how, oh, you know, I really loved your mother. And he's like, I went back three times to if go I, see your mother. If I had gone and back if a I fourth, went back a fourth, I would have stayed. I would have never gone, and this whole plan that I have would never happen. Yeah. And then he hits him with the punch of, it was a shame I had I to had put to... that tumor in her head. And I went, oh, oh. Like, that was, that was a bigger gut punch than the one that they did, like, Two minutes into the first Guardians. Yeah. Well, my first thought was... I felt the anger. That at Star first Lord I was had. like, okay, you're an asshole. But then as soon as he said, I, it's a shame I had to put that tumor in your head, I'm like, I fucking hate you. Oh, instantly. I went, I went instantly. from, you're an asshole, to I freaking mm-hmm. hate you. Because at first, it's like, I loved your mother. But then it's like, well, then he's starting to tell Peter... Because he tells Peter the original story... Or his original story of mm-hmm. being in love with his mother, mm-hmm. putting the seed in her, and yeah. then I couldn't be here because I had to come back to survive. Yeah. But then it's like... Because he can't be away from the planet for too long. Or he actually starts to age and mm-hmm. that body will die, which just yeah. becomes mortal. Okay. Yeah. But the uh, the other thing, like, then he tells him the actual story mm-hmm. uh, how he slept with like women of every planet mm-hmm. and all that. And it's like, do you, do you really love her then? That's what I start to think. Yeah. Because it's like, or were you trying to plant your seed and you're just telling Quill you love her because that's his mom? Maybe. Like that that I didn't that didn't come into my mind. Mine was basically the why she like it was one of those of like she would have never died if it wasn't for you. Yeah. I mean, you get kind of the catch twenty two. Peter Quill would have never been born if it wasn't for Ego, the living planet. Exactly. But she would have never died if it wasn't for him, too. So it's a perfect catch-22 there where you're sitting, like, because obviously Star-Lord, his mother was the only thing that he, like, obviously he had grandparents, which, by the way, Dave did text me. Yeah. And Dave, after we saw the movie, was like, I, I wonder who those old people were they kept showing when they would come back to Earth, when like the big blob thing yeah. was taking over, that those were his Star Lord's grandparents. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Dave them, looked it up and texted me. So those were Star Lord's grandparents that we haven't seen since, since the, the beginning of the Guardians first movie. 1. Yeah, yeah. So obviously he had like grandparents and stuff, but really the only thing he really had was his mom. Yeah. Before Yandu came and took him. Yeah. Well, so I think we need, we talked about Ego and the Living mm-hmm. Planet. I think we need to tell about the other side story. Go ahead. Between Yandu Go and ahead. Rocket. Go ahead. So, I mean, I think it's very important because eventually we get the two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess I should start for one. So Rocket's left behind. Yeah. And to guard Nebula and Baby Group. And to fix the ship. Yes. Well, the Ravengers come up and mm-hmm. they try to. What a great scene, though. Oh, that for was Rocket. Great. When he was like, he sets up all the traps for him, and the one where it's like, <laughs> and he's, he's enjoying the hell out of himself. And it's like, it's like that to me was like classic Rocket. I'm yeah. gonna fuck with you guys, and you guys aren't gonna know where I am. Well, oh, eventually he, they catch him. He event, he even had a speaker set up inside yeah. the ship, and he's like singing uh-huh. into it. 
from the tree. From the tree, so yeah. he can just like tr- trick them. Yeah, it was great, and yeah, he was doing all this. He had a mm-hmm. lot of amazing scenes with Rocket, which we finally get like a more more into Rocket too. You're talking Yandu had a lot of amazing scenes with Rocket. Oh, no. Rocket, Rocket, like the scene before when he was yeah. he was setting all these traps on them. Yeah, because they're not like oh they step on it and it's done. Mm-hmm. No, he has to be part of these traps. Yeah, so we get all these things with Rocket until eventually Groot is worried. Sets Nebula free. Yeah, that was not good. No, well, it's baby, it's toddler Groot. So I what know. are you gonna do? He didn't have the, and he was worried for rocket safety. So His I mean, I get best it. friend in the world. I get it. It's just I wouldn't have set her loose. Is what no. I'm saying is because I mean that was even at the time where Yandu, him and the Ravengers were kind of going back and forth, and I love it from the trailer. A lot of tension. Yeah, I love it from the trailer. Fellas, fellas, there has to be a peaceful. Resolve to this, or a deadly one where I am standing safely over there. Yes, or, or a violent one where, where I'm, I'm standing, standing safely over there. Great scene. Yeah. And then what does Nebula do? Shoots the fin right off of Yondu. Yeah, and just like he's out of it, mm-hmm. and then she Rocky goes, "Oh shit!" and she shoots him to stun. Yeah, and then that leads to the capture of the three of them. Mm-hmm. Yondu, because that's that's what like sparks it is that. Yandu is no longer in charge. Mutiny starts right then and it's there. It's all about Taser Face. <laughs> <laughs> Which was great that that became a I huge lo- joke. I love that name. It's like, what? Your name is Taser Face. What was the second joke? Scrotum hat? <laughs> oh, and it was funny how it's like that character was like so proud that his name was Taser Face. Right? But he's the lead, and then you got, like, Yandu's strapped to a chair, Groot's strapped to a chair, and Rocket. Root's in the little birdcage. True, he's in the birdcage. And then um, Rocket is strapped to a chair as well. Yeah, Rocket's still cracking jokes, Mm -hmm. making fun of him. Yandu just won't respond. Yeah, Yandu is like, fuck, this is bad. Yeah. But, like, even in, like, the jail cell that they eventually get to, the thing that I liked most between the Yandu and Rocket storyline is, I think it's Yandu that says it. Rocket and Yandu are kind of the same person. Yeah, they're one. They're one of the same. They start hinting at that, and then mm-hmm. they finally just come out and say it when they finally like their the sec- third section of the ship breaks yeah. off, and they're having their little mini argument. Yeah, like they are really the same person. Where it's like with Rocket, especially where he cracks all these jokes, and he wants to like like even him and Quill when they're going through the asteroid field. The, yeah. Nope, I'm taking over. Nope, I'm taking over, and they keep. Switching back and, back forth, and yeah. forth, like he wants to be the main guy, and he wants like he's an ass. And even Quill says when he's leaving, like, "Are you trying to make everyone hate you? Because if you are, you're doing a pretty damn good job." Yeah, and it's one of those things where he wants everyone to like. He wants everyone. And he wants the family, but he's Rocket's kind of a dick. Well, not just that. It's Rock, kind of a dick. <laughs> just like Yondu described his. Mm-hmm. Family relations and how he grew up. Yeah, Rocket in essentially sold him into slavery. Exactly, where uh, Rocket is essentially the same. People experimented yep. on him and then showed him no love. So mm-hmm. I think the problem with Rocket, it's not that he doesn't want the family thing. He, it's, it's hard to accept because he's never had it. Exactly, it's hard, for, and so he's trying to push them away before mm-hmm. he gets too close and gets hurt. And like the thing with Groot and why him and like I see him and Groot being so close is Groot's A, mental capacity, and B, his kind of passiveness when it comes to Rocket, is easy for Rocket 
to kind of boss Groot around. Not to mention they're also both outcasts. Yeah. Groot has no one that's like him mm-hmm. in the universe anymore. Yeah, he's kind of the only one. That yeah. You see that's a tree person. Exactly. Or a tree celestial being or whatever you want Something to call like him. that. Something like that. He's a tree person. But uh, even that. <laughs> tree people. <laughs> the tree people. But, uh, and then we get the final joke after that of, uh, and I want you to do me a favor. Tell Yondu with the name of the man who set him up. And what would that be? Taser face. And even the sovereign laughs at him. Right? Even the sovereign laughs in his face before As he's he dies. burning alive. Before he dies. Yes. Oh, and then the... <laughs> the great... One of the great jokes in there. And then even the better one of, uh, why did you... Why are you jumping straight to uh, the living planet? You know we can only do blah, blah, blah uh, jumps... This is 700, and this even threw me through a loop, because while they're doing the different jumps, you see their faces kind of getting disoriented. Like, disoriented. Yeah. The eyes are getting really big, where it's like, oh my god, are they going to survive this, or are their heads going to explode? Right? Yeah, no, um, I guess you can only do, I think it was 15 jumps. Yeah, and they did 700. Yes. So, I mean, Rocket, it shows that Rocket was really worried about... His family. Either at that really point. worried or didn't know that it was 700 jumps all the way to. Probably not at first. Living planet. Because he did seem surprised as yeah. soon as, like, oh, crap. <laughs> but then from that point, I mean, Nebula, like, and that's the. We had three really storylines. Yes. We had the Rocket Yondu. Yeah. We had the Quill and Ego mm-hmm. storyline. We had the. Um, really four. The Mantis and Drac storyline. Yes. We haven't gotten to that one fully. We will. The one I want to get to before is the Nebula Gamora. Sisters. Because the thing that even Dave brought up after we had saw it was Thanos is really not father of the year. No, You're not, not really. putting a world's best dad mug in his hand anytime soon. Because it Nebula really got, like, it, of she, course it's different than the comics, but Thanos really fucked her up, man. She got the short end of the stick yeah, on that one. like every time she lost to Gamora, oh, I'm going to rip. And the thing that the joke that me and you made after the movie was she goes, yeah, he ripped out my eye. Then he ripped out my brain. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, my arm. Whoa, whoa, wait. You just said brain. He ripped out your brain. What? <laughs> yeah. What? I, I don't think that's the thing you kind of start with. I think you that's start with. That's the thing with, you end with. Yes. <laughs> he ripped out my eye. Then he ripped out my arm. Oh, yeah. Then he ripped out my brain. Whoa. <laughs> See that the you work your way up there. You yeah. don't like hit Just the like, mountain peak and start rolling back down. Right, Johnny? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm winking with the wrong. I can eye. see you wink. <laughs> but even with that storyline, you yeah. can see kind of the and that one can to me relate to any brother, sister, any sister, sister, any sibling where you have felt some type of jealousy because Nebula has obviously felt so much jealousy towards Gamora. It became a huge resentment in life. Mm-hmm. Not just the fact, because she wants to kill Thanos now. Yeah. Well, but basically she wants for mistreating her, but it's one of those things where she, it's not that she hated Gamora for what Thanos did. It was that she never, to me, it felt like she never felt the love from Gamora because she always felt like you always had to win. Yeah. Gamora always had to win and it didn't matter about me yeah. at all. Yeah, there was a huge buildup of resentment mm-hmm. because of what happened. Um, because Gamora always had to win. And Than- mm-hmm. in, in a sense, it's like, oh, Thanos favors her. But no, it's just because Gamora kept winning. And that's why you got, sadly, disassembled and reassembled yeah. and more of an 
Android type thing going on mm-hmm. now. And it's just like anything with siblings, parents kind of like if it seems like your parents favor it sets up jealousy, which in time becomes resentment. Well, let's be honest. The reason why Thanos was doing that is he wanted Nebula to be the more powerful of the two. She wanted, she wanted to be as strong, if not stronger, yeah, than Gamora. Basically to where, oh, if you can kill Gamora, then you are ready. Yeah. You are ready to move on. And if you could not kill Gamora, then Nebula, you're not ready and I need to make you stronger. Exactly. It was like, okay, you're not but ready. But it wasn't like a, woo, we need a pep talk. No, I'm going to rip out your brain and give you a new <laughs> Ricky, one. Ricky, remember, you don't start there. Yeah, you don't stay. I got to build up to that. I forgot. <laughs> what about the eye first? I had a, but we even learned more of that backstory, too. Where yeah. I can't wait for an Infinity War if we're going to see that even more. With Nebula and Thanos, because Thanos is going to be in it. The Guardians are going to be Infinity War. I want to. I want to really see that come to flourishing of the Nebula trying to kill Thanos. I think I. I'm. Ex- I want to see that too. Actually, um, I'm trying to think mm-hmm. that. Excuse me. You want to have the like? You're going to have Gamora, who mm-hmm. is already part of the Guardians. You have Nebula, who now wants to kill Thanos, yeah. and. They kind of left off on better terms than they were before. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't hug her back, but she also didn't go to strike her, which is a big diff- big yeah. change in what was going on. So, I mean, you may have some new steps with Nebula going on mm-hmm. that you never had before. She just want now she just wants Thanos that now that they kind of in a sense started making up. Yeah. As sisters. Yeah, and to me that was the big and it was m- it was minor compared to the two that we talked about, like Yandu yeah. and Rocket, and but that was also a pair storyline. Then the last one, the Mantis, um, the Mantis draft Next. line, yeah. because there was one where it wasn't about them connecting with each other. Mm-hmm. It was just about learning more about their backstories. Like Drac, you learn about his daughter, Bro, you learn about, about his, wife. his wife. With Mantis, you learn about the kind of fucked up stuff that ego would do where he basically found her in her larva state and said oh i can use her yeah i can use her to basically um when these kids come in sedate them so that i can manipulate them exactly especially if they have the celestial gene yeah and what was nice it was a good way because drax as we see in the first one and part of the second one Mm -hmm. he doesn't let his emotions out yes he's not he's one of those people that just feels like he can't let them out. He's mm-hmm. got to be too strong for it. Well, like the second he starts talking about his daughter, Mantis touches him, and, and we see how much inside he is actually crying. That was a weird. That was a weird scene. It was. He's sitting there, just blank staring, face, staring off into, into the, the sunset, and she's got his her hand on his arm weeping like bawling her eyes out yeah and we see and then he's not letting any of it out you can see it you can actually it's one of the looks mm-hmm. on someone's face when they want to but they not they will not mm-hmm. and it you actually just almost makes it really heartbreaking of how hurt drax is in life now no and that's exactly it and it was that was one of those where it's like wow that is it. Because earlier before that, I mentioned it before. Yeah. He talks about his wife with Quill. Quill. Yeah. And it was kind of like a how they met kind of thing. You kind of got that how they met kind of a storyline. It wasn't really into detail, but you now know the point of 
they were at a gathering, there were music, she wasn't tapping her foot, that's the girl for me kind of a thing. Yeah, and honestly... And that's how they met. I kind of see correlation now of Rocket and Drax where mm-hmm. they hide their emotions with yes. comedy because Drax is laughing... Well, Drax is more comedy now than he was in the first one. Yeah, now. Yeah. Well, that's because we got more character development. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you got a lot of... You got a lot of Drax, jo- like, joking around. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of Drax laughing about stuff. Mm-hmm. But the second, like... You like we get an emotional tie to him. It shuts down. He he. It's kind of shuts down. But mm-hmm. then like he compares. It was kind of nice in a sense when he compared her to Mantis. He's like because he, he talks about his daughter, mm-hmm. and as he sits there, she touches him, starts bawling, and he's like, "You remind me of my daughter." And she goes, "Beautiful." No, I find you repulsive. No, he said innocent. I know. Yeah. No, first I think didn't no, he? No, but he like what but reminded then, her. I know of he, her was. But I'm saying he hides it with comedy, yeah. mm-hmm. but then he actually let it. I was like, you know what? No, because innocent. Because he, he thought that Mantis was coming on to him. Yeah, I was trying to give you signals, but telling you how repulsed I was of you. Is <laughs> thought the thought of me and you together? You are beautiful. On the inside. inside. <laughs> but, I mean, we get a lot more character development out of Drax now. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, yeah, he doesn't show a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, he does. Yeah, and it's one of those things, like you said, and this is with all of them. Yeah. We get more of that character development. More with Star-Lord in this one than watch Guardians 1. I rewatched the scene of him um, in the cave, like, dancing around. Oh, yeah. Taking the thing. Looks like a totally different Star-Lord. Yeah. Because of the development that we have with him now. Gamora, we've had development. Rocket, we get the development through him and the Yandu. Um, Yandu, we get line. development. We get development from Yandu. We get development from Drax. With Groot, not a ton of development. There's not a lot to have be had there at this point. it's one of those things where we'll get that development when he gets back to his normal, his size. normal size and his normal form. But then kind of... To end everything, the last gut punch that this movie could throw at you mm-hmm. was Yandu basically sacrificing his life for Quill for Star Lord. Yes, yeah. Um, I think it will, I think even more so. Just not just after everything that even went on between those two. Like those are the last two that kind of map everything together. I feel like what makes it more of a gut punch than anything. Yeah, he sacrifices mm-hmm. himself to save it, but he says. He's your father, but he ain't your daddy. But he ain't your daddy. Because he, because we didn't actually mm-hmm. didn't go over this part. He, the reason he didn't give him to ego mm-hmm. was because ego was killing all these thi- children, mm-hmm. and he didn't want that anymore for any of the others. Which is why he stopped dealing with ego as well. Which is one of those weird things you think about, like, oh man, thank God he stopped. Yeah, with Peter. Like, if he would have gave Peter over and then said, okay, I can't do enough, this story would have never happened. Exactly. So it was, like, kind of a, like, whoa, or, like, I don't know if he knew. I don't know if he knew about this celestial gene thing and or heard Ego talk about it or stuff. Mm-hmm. But And then you kind of get the kind of little flashback of um, kind of it's like, oh, wow, Star-Lord, you had a dad all along. Yeah. You had a dad, well, it wasn't the best dad, um, in Yandu, because like you say, he's like, you said you were going to eat my face. It was a joke. It was a joke. Not to me. (laughs) And you get that kind of a thing where it's like, wow, he really did have a father figure. It wasn't like the 
perfect father figure that you think of better than in Thanos. your head. Better than Thanos, yeah. <laughs> I would give Yandu a world's best dad mug before I gave it to Thanos, that's uh, for sure. I think if I it was the choice between Yandu, uh, if it was the choice of... Between those two, I'm giving it to Yandu. Yandu. If it's choice, just if I had to give it to Thanos, I'd smash it on the ground. Yeah, I would smash it on He ain't getting it. He no. ain't getting the mug, he ain't getting the shirt, he ain't getting any of it. He ain't even getting the tie that every child... At yeah. a five or younger buys them. But that was the that was like the last gut punch that this movie yeah. could throw at you, especially when he gives the spacesuit to Peter so that he would live and Yandu dies. Yeah. And then you get the nice little moment of the Ravager funeral and everything looks like it's okay. But then we get the post credit scene. Well, I'll need to talk about one thing with that Ravenger thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, it was before a little we, bit more, more of that heartstring pulling mm-hmm. on that because, as we saw earlier in the movie, he was kind of denounced as a Ravenger. When we saw Howard said, Duck. Yeah, and <laughs> exactly. I almost <laughs> forgot about him. And Once you go duck, you never go back. As they said, you know what? You are no longer a Ravager. You're yes. not getting a Ravager funeral. Yeah, and he, and he even says the, I wear these flames just like you. And Stallone's character is like, you may wear those flames, but it doesn't mean you're one of us. Exactly. So to have that, like, to rock, and Rocket's mm-hmm. the one that got them all together and told them what he did. Yeah. For Rocket to do that and for that, them to all come and do Which that. Which would have never happened if they didn't have that connection. Exactly. And the thing was, if they, I mean, it was just so nice and kind of heart mm-hmm. string pulled to see that, yeah, you know what? This kind of redeemed what he did. And. He got hit the funeral that he wanted for both, most of his life. Well, for, yeah, mostly all of his life. That's what I said most. But it was, to me, that was the last gut punch before, like, now it's everything that ended at the last because we saw it in the end credit scene. This is yes. The, this is, okay, so there's a lot of end credit scenes. A lot did not go with the plot moving forward. No. Like, we've we have got five of Yandu's them. fin being used by Craglin. That wasn't huge to the story. Teenage Groot. Funny. Okay, he's growing. That's what you're getting. You're, he's growing into an adult. We'll probably see adult-sized Groot for Infinity War. And then there was a third one that I can't even remember. I can't remember the third one, but the two that did advance the plot were the first one, and this is one that in this one we'll kind of get a little bit into. Yeah. But the last one we're just going to mention, talk about, and then leave it for, because we're going to talk about the last one in our main podcast for this week. The first one, we get the Watchers, and we actually got them earlier in the movie as Rocket, Yondu, and Kraglin are jumping to Ego the Living Planet. Yeah, we see them in the post-credit scene Mm -hmm. talking with Stan Lee. Stan the man. Stan the man. And it's, I I look at that and I go, are we going to see them again? We have to see them again, At least one more. We have to see one of them. Mm -hmm. Come on, there's got to be one. We have to see Earth's Watcher, right? Exactly. I would think there's got to be some time with Earth's Earth's Watcher Mm -hmm. now in the form that we can actually... Maybe some advice or tell them, hey, what's up? Mm-hmm. Tell the Avengers or someone what's coming up next. Because Infinity Wars, it's going to be a, like a huge movie, in my well, opinion, in the Marvel Universe. Because the main comic I think of that I saw The Watcher, and this is where I get most of my reference, was I believe it was Civil War. Yeah. Because the scene I'm thinking of, they're all in like the um, little like boardroom at the top of um, one of the 
buildings in like New York City. The heads of like each group of someone. All mostly all the groups. Spider Man's there, Cap is there, Iron Man's there. Oh, that one. Okay. And they're talking about the like registration act. Yeah. And who shows his head? The Watcher. Yes. And it's one of those things where he can't meddle in things. But he was still there to kind of impede a warning. Yeah, he basically, I think it was the, if, if it's the scene I'm thinking of, it was mm-hmm. Professor X, Doctor Strange, yep. um, you're Mr. Thi- Fantastic. You're, you're thinking of the other one. You're yeah. thinking of, the, that was like a prelude. Namor was in that one. Yeah, Namor. Just the heads of everyone. Yeah, I'm not talking about that one. Oh, there's I'm, another one. I'm okay. talking about I missed where it, it was most of the Avengers, and they're talking and hashing everything out. And the watcher shows his head. And there's a pre... Yeah, okay, I remember it now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I remember Spider-Man being there because the part I laughed at was he made a World of Warcraft joke. And I was like, yeah, of course Peter Parker would make a World of Warcraft joke. Nerd. Parker the nerd. But we get to see the watchers and part of me feels like we have to see them for... Especially Infinity War. Oh, like would, you said, I would think it's so. going to be a huge movie. This is going to have the most Marvel characters... That we've ever had in one movie. Not to mention that is a huge pivotal part of the mm-hmm. MCU now. I mean, we're getting a all we're getting. It's going to shift us into Phase Four, basically. That yeah, and not to mention we have all the Guardians. Mm-hmm. We have all the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Maybe even Doctor Strange. Yeah. We have all these that are going to have to go up against Thanos and possibly a complete Infinity Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Well, because we need the soul gem. We'll we'll see what we'll see what happens from now until that point. Because yep. they've got two movies in Spider Man and Thor to maybe reveal that gem. Yes. But then the last credit scene, and we're kind of going to tease it and then throw it to if you guys want to see the rest of it um, later this week. The Rick and Johnny podcast, the normal one, will have this as a full segment where we'll dive into it at nauseum. Adam Warlock yep. has the cocoon, and all Alicia says is, I think I will call him Adam. And right there, I was like, yes. 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 This is the guy Super I've been excited. waiting for. This is the one I've been waiting for, We've been waiting for, forever Johnny. to finally get Adam Warlock. I thought we would get him just because of the whole, like comic thing between him and the Infinity Gauntlet and the Soul Stone, and you kind of need Adam Warlock to defeat the Infinity Gauntlet and defeat Thanos like it was in the comics. Yeah, exactly. So now it's going to be really interesting to see what's going to happen, not just with Adam Warlock, but the Infinity Wars. Yeah, because, I mean, that was one where I was like, yes, thank you for giving me something. Finally. Because because that was the one thing, I mean, of course you go to watch a Marvel movie, and I kind of feel... Like, it does a discredit to the rest of the movie when you're like, yeah, fuck all this. I want the end credit scene. That's all I want. Yes. But really, it's like, going into that movie, I was like, so what's the end credit scene going to be? <laughs> That's a Marvel what's movie for you. What's that end credit scene going to be that jumps me right into the next movie? And that was one. It was it was one where both of them, The Watcher and yeah. Adam Warlock, I go, so it doesn't set up an exact movie. No. We just know he's coming. Just hints at stuff now. We just know he's coming. Yes, exactly. Just know he's coming. But before we get into our RNJ Show Stealer Award for Guardians of the Galaxy, any last thoughts and uh, comments um, that you may have about the movie before we get to that and then our rating? No. Um, no, I think that's about it. We went over everything. Ton of character development mm-hmm. on so many levels on almost every single character except Groot. Yeah. 
And I mean, don't worry, we'll give some love to Baby Group by the end of the podcast. Yes, we will. But who is before we get into our rating? Who is? I'll start with you. Who is your RNJ stole show stealer award winner? For Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I'm going to go. I've been debating between a few this whole time. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with Drax. Okay. He he amped it up this I time. I totally thought you were going to go with someone else because you, for you guys, I'm letting you guys in behind the curtain for, I don't know, a long time before recording this podcast. Johnny's been hyping me up where I think it's going to be Baby Groot. I think it's going to be Vin Diesel. I think yeah, he's I, the one that stole the For a while it was. And you know what? I'm Especially when I gave you the nugget of apparently Vin Diesel, all the voices you heard were his actual voice. He yeah. Didn't, it wasn't one where, okay, I did it. Now change the pitch of my voice. No, he did it in that pitch on his own. Yeah. And you know what? Had it been more of... I think if had there had been more than I am Groot. Oh, had there had there been more than more character development with him? I am Groot. He would have actually I stole the Groot. show, but he more still stole Groot more still mm -hmm. still stole it as a comic relief. Yes. in this movie. So to Drax, add, we actually saw the character, character development, development, which is why I'm giving it to Drax. Okay. He made a huge change from mm -hmm. the first movie, even the one where we didn't mention at the very beginning when he jumps into the stomach of and the then monster. Gamora slices it open. He comes out and goes, yes, I have vanquished the beast. And they all just stare at him like, really? Like, really? It was your The best was, he's like, his skin is too thick on the outside. I must jump in it and get it from the inside. No, 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 don't. What's he doing? Well, he's jumping into, no, does he not understand that if it's thick on the outside, it's, it's going to be on just the as thick on the inside? And then you just see him. Laughing. <laughs> 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 yeah, and he's just nothing, doing nothing to the skin. But I'm going to give you, I'm going to have you guess mine. I'm going to go. I have three. I'm going to give you three choices to pick from. Kurt Russell. Uh-huh. Roker. Okay. Batista. I'm going to say Roker. No. Really? Kurt Russell. Really? Ego the Living Planet stole the show for me. Okay. And the reason being is the acting that he had to do in this one because I was watching an interview that he did. Yeah. Like right before... Friday and before everything released, apparently when they pitched him the idea of, hey, we want you to be Ego the Living Planet, his first thought was, what? What, what am I playing? Didn't know anything mm -hmm. about the character, about like the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. He said he didn't even see the first one. So what oh, wow. he had to do is before he could say yes, he went and watched the first one. He said, watching Chris Pratt... And how he played Star-Lord, and he even mentioned that scene where he's, like, kicking the rodents, and he grabs the one. and Using a microphone. Singing. He's, like, he's like right from there I knew, like, I can be this guy's father. Mm -hmm. I can do it. And it, it showed when he's, like, who are you? Oh, well, aren't the uh, devilish, devilishly good looks? Uh, I thought that would be enough. I'm your dad, Peter. And, like, even that, it was one of those things where... The acting, not only was he a great fit for Chris Pratt's Star-Lord as his father, but the ability to make me like you, be that likable character, mm -hmm. and then on a dime, played it perfectly, too. Perfectly. Made me that false sense of security, such a great role model, such a great dad, such a great guy, well, a great planet. And then he turns it on a dime and becomes the villain that had to take 
a lot of skill yeah. from the acting department. And that's why, for me, he... At first, I was like, if you would have asked me Friday night after we saw it, I would have gave it to Drax. Mm-hmm. But as I was thinking about it, I'm like, you know what? Kurt Russell did the best job. Did the best job out of anybody in this with the role that he was given. Because it was one that you couldn't just throw anyone into that role if he goes to the living planet. Yeah. They would have to fit with Chris Pratt, and then they would have to make make me believe Make me believe what you're selling me. And that's what he was able to do. Yeah. So you have Drax as your st- show stealer award. Yes. I've got Kurt Russell. I've got Ego the Living Planet. I think they're going to have to break the tie for us. They're going to have to give us theirs down below in the comment section. Before we wrap all this up, Johnny, it's time to give our rating for Guardians of the Galaxy like Volume 2. to hear you two. first. Here's what we're going to do. Okay. How many baby groups out of five are we going to give it? I'm giving it five baby groups out of five. Five baby groups. Five baby. This was an amazing move. Like this is one where Dave, when we were going to see it, said he was watching uh, Mike and Mike, which is on ESPN. Yes. And he said that the, you got Mike Golick Senior and Mike Golick Junior. Okay. He said Mike Golick Junior was like, ah, it was good, but it wasn't as good as Guardians One. I respectfully disagree. Exactly. This one is so much better than it's not. You don't take anything away from Guardians 1, but this one, I even said to you, I laughed more in this one than the second or the first first one. one. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Like, my my, my sides hurt after this one. Oh, we were laughing hysterically in the theater. Oh, like, and it was great because it was just us and like a few other people. Like, what, a total of. Six of us in the and, theater? And what Seven? was great is the, some of the stuff that we thought was funny, they didn't think was funny. Yeah. Because I was laughing. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. I was like, ha, ha, ha. No, they're no not, la- they're they're not laughing. laughing. Oh, Only we are. Only. And then I, would, I wouldn't I would stop laughing, but it was one of those things where, wow, I am really laughing out loud yeah. at this movie. It was great. It was an amazing movie. Got I anything, completely agree. I'm like, I was going to say, you got anything more to add there, John? No, um... I just like I said, I completely agree mm-hmm. with that. Um, I would like to say before we wrap things up, go ahead. Twi- follow me on Twitter, War Machine ninety eighty five. I've started something for you guys. hashtag Adventures of ba- Adventures of Groot. Adventures with Groot. Yes. We hashtag it right. Hashtag, hashtag Adventures, Adventures with, with Groot. Groot. You've got a couple good ones. You guys were at Pop Bellies together. You guys had a good Cinco de Mayo, or as pr- our president would say. Think Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> Cinco de Mayo. You had a nice uh, chips and salsa lunch. Yeah. With baby Groot. Um, I'm trying to think. Got of him a subway cookie. Got him a subway cookie. You told him to buckle up. Yeah. Just like Peter Quill did in the movies. Got to keep him safe. He's little. <laughs> Groot, put on your seatbelt as he's eating trail mix. Yep. In the back seat of your Honda. But it's a great series. I love seeing those pictures. Yeah. Of you with Groot. So you guys check it out. Hashtag Adventures with Groot. At War Machine 9085. I want to thank you guys for checking out this video. Go make sure to check out all our other reviews. If you saw Power Rangers, Beauty and the Beast, um, Logan, and Kong Skull Island, those are the ones that we have done recently. Go check out those as well. Also, check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. If you like the podcast, want to support us in additional ways to make sure we can make this product even better for you. Go check out that. But thank you guys for watching and listening. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.